Welcome to the CGOB Sports Show podcast. Pretty much turning it over to Derek Taylor from here. We've got this one-on-one conversation with Kenny Lawler and then Derek as well, joining us to talk about day three of training camp. It's all coming up on the podcast. No doubt. The biggest off-season acquisition for this team was Kenny Lawler. Not a lot of cap space to work with, so every year, really, in this Grey Cup run the team has had, there's only been one or two, maybe, decent to big names they could bring in. Kenny Lawler, no doubt about that, was a 2023 big addition, and he talked to our Derek Taylor earlier today. Kenny, how do you feel you look in blue and gold? Oh, man, I look the best I've ever looked um, since uh, 2021. How does it feel to be back? You were very excited when they annou- when you announced the signing, but how does it feel now after three days? Man, it feels good, man, uh, just being able to come here. I've been saying it all, all the time. Uh, just be, it feels good to be able to come work with guys, man, that uh, you got a relationship with, that you have done something with, you know, established, uh, you know, established that dominance in the league, man. That's what we've done here, and uh, it just feels good to go to practice every day uh it doesn't feel like a job man it feels like we're just having fun it's just a regular day and uh that, that's exactly how it feels was something missing in edmonton or was it just that it wasn't winnipeg it just wasn't winnipeg man from uh from the coaching to the guys to the locker room to the city to the fans just all everything man winnipeg's a special place and you know yeah, it's small. It gets cold in the winter and all that, you know. But, um, man, Winnipeg is special, man. And you don't really truly understand that. And you, you, don't, you, you don't really truly appreciate it until, like, you come back kind of like me. Like, you know, I, I left, thought, you know, had hopes that it might be a little bit better. Like, I might get a taste of that somewhere else. But it wasn't nowhere near that. And uh, it just makes me more grateful to, you know, be here. I don't, you know, take anything for granted. I go day by day uh, ready to work. The, the grass not being greener on the other side as it goes, right? Yeah, man, it's really it's really true, man, uh, especially in the CFL. I've uh, gotten a chance to experience uh, two other places in this, BC for a little bit. I uh, know it's a different coaching staff, but um, and, um, and uh, Edmonton. And uh, nothing has compared to here. It's, it's it's truly special. The one thing I keep thinking, I think, I think a lot about uh, numbers and money and stuff. And you could have made a lot more money based yeah. on what's reported. You could have made a lot of money, yeah. like a lot of money. If Gino yeah. Lewis gets three hundred twenty grand, Kenny Lawler could have got that. You're, no. you're not. Are you bothered by that? No, nah, I'm not bothered by it, man. Once you make a decision, you know you got to quickly learn uh, to live with it. Um, and this was an easy decision to live with. Yes, I could have been for the second year in a row the highest-paid non-quarterback, but was it really worth you know going every going in every day not knowing you know what you know was going to be the outcome? Here, I feel like you know the players do a lot of big control, uh, have a big um, control on, you know, the outcome. You know, we put in the work. We do everything right. Um, other places you have to question people. And, um, you know, that's not championship football. Um, yeah, so, you know, taking the pay cut was definitely, you know, was um, was uh, something I was more than willing to do, especially coming back to the dub. Yeah. Well, I mean, this league is filled with 400 guys with different priorities, right? Yeah. If money's a priority... 100% I get that. If if great work atmosphere is a priority, 100% I get that. If you never want to leave home, 
I get that too. Everybody's got their their own thing, and and to me, it's all okay. If you wanted to take all the money in the world, you you should have taken all the money in the world if you wanted that because yeah. you deserve it. And if you want this, you should take this. Yeah, man. And it's like you know, um, the thing about it here is um, not not many players get an opportunity to play here. You know, um, here we look for certain type of players. Um, and it just happened to be, you know, that they wanted me back. And, you know, it could have been like, you know, we'll be okay without them. But it was the fact that, you know, they wanted me back and that I wanted to come back as well. Um, it was that, that feeling of just, um, you know, it's like, you know, people here have my back. They want me to have my best interests. And um, they know what I'm about. You know, if they knew, you know, I was a guy, you know, not learning from previous mistakes, I wouldn't even have came back. You know, if I was a, you know, Chris Jones guy, I wouldn't have came back. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, but, you know, it is it is that, you know, I'm a I'm an O'Shea guy. And, um, you know, they, they could see that. they probably seen it through my interviews and just the way I played on the field and um, how I carried myself and the way that I'm maturing as a person. And, and you know, they see that, they understand that, and, um, you know, um, it's good. Day two and three, you've been the X wide receiver. Was that also day one? Or yes, sir. Okay. Yes, sir. You were not the X receiver at Edmonton. You were in 21 here, and when I went back to 19, you were more inside as well. Uh, what do you – is X the place for you? Um, you know, um, I think that's where uh, Zach likes me at. Uh, we have a great chemistry there, and um, realistically, doesn't mean I'm going to be there every play. No. Uh, we do a good job of a uh, – you know, switching it up. Some guys get exposition. You know, some guys are in the boundary. We do a good. We do a good job of switching that up. Trying to stay uh, versatile, keep defenses on their feet. Uh, but you know, me and Zach have a great chem- have great chemistry there. And um, man, we just look on look look forward to building on that. You don't get the waggle as much from the X to, to punish guys like you would have in Edmonton last year. Oh yeah, man, that waggle. You know, once you uh, get uh, in the certain point of your career, you understand that that waggle is an advantage. And um, at, uh, in Edmonton, I was taking full uh, advantage of that. Um, it was nice being able to be on a waggle. Um, is um, but you know, it's you know every every position you know has its perks and you know it has its you know things that you don't like. Um, so you know, it is what it is. You you feel do you feel comfortable working from a set position? Because I don't want to go too nerdy, but I was looking at your career numbers. And yards per target, set, and waggle, you've been about the same for your career. They're both about 15. Okay. I mean, yards per catch for your career, I would wager. But, yeah, both about the same. Do you feel comfortable working from the set position? Yeah, man, I could feel comfortable working from the set position. I've worked at a set position the majority of my life, really. Um, and you it's, know, It's American football, it's right? American, yeah. It's American football. And, uh, you know, once um, you know coming here now you got to understand you know what the waggle can do for you as opposed to being set and the waggle got great things for itself too um i feel like me um i'm a guy that's gonna get it anyway man. um you know you put me in the slot i'm gonna get it i i've understand that and i'm continuing to master that i'm continuing to learn film and you know how to get better in the and same thing for x i'm still trying to get better i'm always trying to get better and um Man, it's just, it doesn't matter where you put me, man. It's going to be scary either way. I could be in the field, stationary receiver. I have that DB shaking in his, in his cleats. Just one final one. Uh, you and then Dalton Schoen working side by side. 
is a terrifying thought yeah. for defensive back. What mm-hmm. what am I going to do with these two? Oh, man, um, ain't much you could really do. You could try to contain us, but, you know, good luck. But you're not going <laughs> to stop us. That's one thing. You're not going to stop this team. Offense, defense, special teams, we're just really, like, on a mission, man. We're on a we're on a, we're on on a a mission day by day, getting better 1% each day. And, man, come, come game one, it's going to be scary, man. It's going to be scary. Kenny Lawler, Winnipeg Blue Bomber receiver, their biggest offseason acquisition. We'll talk to Derek about his observations on the receiving core at camp coming up after 7.30. But when we return, we're going to hear from Mike O'Shea on a variety of topics on day three, including the development of Liam Dobson, Ricky Walker, and how Jeffcoat and Jefferson just keep on doing it year after year. As we welcome in Derek Taylor, our nightly training camp update which, as always, is brought to you by Stars Air Ambulance, caring for Manitobans when and where you need us most. Now, Derek, before we get to football, I know you're a big basketball guy. The Spurs winning the draft lottery, do you find this satisfying? Uh, I think it's acceptable. I really I wanted it to be Dallas because, man, Wembenyama and Luka Doncic playing together could have been a lot of fun for a lot of time. Uh, I'm thankful it wasn't Charlotte because there's nothing more boring than a Charlotte Hornets basketball game. I, I like it. I mean, San Antonio's been bad for what four years? They missed the playoffs, so yeah, this is uh, this is acceptable. I the NBA is probably wishing it was a bigger market, like a Houston or something like that, or or a Toronto. Uh no, they had no reason to want Wembenyama in Toronto, but no, it's uh, it's acceptable. And, and for as long as uh, Greg Popovich is there, which may not be much longer, uh, oh. Wembenyama will be taken care of for sure. I'm thinking it might be longer than it was going to be now, though. <laughs> what is, like, ridiculous. He's, he's, someone's got to measure him for real. He's 7'2 to 7'5. He's doing step back threes. They, his French team, if no, if people didn't see it, uh, his French team came across and played uh, an exhibition couple of games uh, against a G League team that features Scoot Henderson, who's, could be the second or third pick in the draft. And Wembenyama just had was doing things no one has ever seen before from a guy seven foot five with between the legs, step back three, behind the back, blocking shots out of nowhere because he's you know his arms are nine feet long as well. Like it's it's incredible. Uh, someone on ESPN, one of their basketball guys, said maybe the greatest and maybe the greatest prospect ever in any sport. Which since LeBron James is still alive, might be a little hyperbolic, but. It's it's going to be that nuts for the first little bit for the uh, the young Frenchman when he gets to San Antonio. No doubt about it. So we move along now to CFL and Blue Bomber training camp. We heard your interview with Kenny Lawler earlier in the show, and we'll have your chat with uh, one of the uh, uh, hopefuls, I guess we could call it, uh, Barrington yeah. Wade, later on as well. Uh, just for, when you, what's the difference for you talking with a, a veteran? who knows his place in the team, one of the highest paid players versus a guy who's just fighting for a job. Yeah. A guy like Barrington Wade, just, just happy to be here. Just, I want to, I, I want to be here. I want to do whatever coaches tell me to do. You put me someplace. I, I'm going to do it. Uh, talking to the veterans, some of them will, will say similar, but then there's veterans like Kenny Lawler, who Kenny's knows exactly his position on this team and in this league, right? He, he got all the money in the world last year, highest paid player, non-quarterback division. Uh, he knows exactly where he is. And to, to Kenny's credit, he's, he's a lot of fun to talk to because he's not afraid to say the things that, that are true, right? Like that, that I could have been made a ton of money. Other guys 
would be would be more reserved and, and stay away from things like that. But but Kenny, you know, why, you know, doesn't separate himself from his teammates, but it's like, yeah, no, I am really good. I'm I'm a really good football player, and we are going to be unstoppable. So yeah, it, sometimes it, sometimes talking to the younger guys, they're they're just I, I've been there. You're just happy to be there. You're just glassy eyed, and I'm just going to do whatever they need me to do because I really want to play football. So let's start with Lawler. Then we've known that his impact is is going to be big. It has to be big just to be back on this team. Uh, we've gone over the fact that he's taken a, a quote-unquote pay cut to be here. He could have been uh, the highest-paid player that's not a quarterback, but you have to admire the fact that he played one season in Edmonton, lived that life, and said, you know what? Winning's pretty good, too. Yeah, and just in hearing the interview and in talking to him, he wasn't explicitly saying things like Edmonton's a bad place and man, those guys got to learn how to, how to win and play like, you know, like you'd expect teammates to, but you get the sense just having talked to him a couple times that he was not happy with how things kind of ran in Edmonton and maybe not happy with how his teammates, this is me, just me in, you know, inferring from it. Teammates weren't necessarily attacking the game as hard as, as Kenny does. And it, Maybe he's not exactly the the Chris Jones guy. He said I'm more a Mike O'Shea guy. You know, I, I get that. Not everybody vibes with every uh, with every coach. So he he knew he tried the grass is greener thing, right? And I mean, Christian, wouldn't you try the grass is greener thing for three hundred eight thousand dollars? Like I, I think I, I I have no problems with guys trying things for money. And if he'd gone to BC and offered him say three hundred thirty grand this off season, and he decided that was the way to go. No, but I'd be fun. They'd be like, "Yep, I would. I would be that too." But he really likes what he has uh, in Winnipeg and what Winnipeg has to offer. So uh, it's 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 nice to see a guy knowing what he wants and going and getting it. Unfortunately for Kenny, he had to learn the lesson of, "Oh yeah, the grass not not always greener." No, his pay you know bank account was full of more green because of it. But oh, exactly. You come yeah, back. I like- to Winnipeg, and now you know he's still getting paid handsomely to to play football, but not as much as if he had gone to a, a, another place that had more cap space. However, he looks at this room; it's full of guys he's played with in twenty one, won a Grey Cup with, went into battle with that year, and here he is back with a lot of the same players, the same coaching staff, except you know Paul Apolice isn't here anymore. It's it's probably like walking just back into your old high school. You, you spent one year abroad and now you're back and it's and all your buds are here. Oh, I mean, when he first signed that, he had that uh, news conference and he talked about seeing guys in the locker room and hugging Nick Dembski and, oh my God, I can't wait to play with Zach Kolaris. And this is going to be amazing. Uh, it, it, it is, it's, it is like going home for him for sure. And that's, that's one of the draws. And I mean, let's not understate it. Like if, Three Down Nation reports that Geno Lewis got 320 grand from Edmonton, and that Kenny's playing on a little over 250 grand. So if you figure, hey, Kenny could have at least been that, maybe not more. He's leaving 70, 75, 80 grand a year on the table to come to Winnipeg. And I'm sure some of that is, hey, we can win a title. But some of that is what keeps uh, Willie Jefferson here for less money than he can make on the open market, or. Adam Big Hill or Jackson Jeffcoat or, or uh, Stanley Bryant or Jamarcus Hardrick. There's something that they have going in that Bombers organization that makes things like that possible. Uh, in every salary cap sport, 
You need guys to overperform what you're paying them. And the Bombers, just by whatever they're doing and however they're doing it in that locker room, they're guaranteed to get these guys to take less money than they could get somewhere else. And that's that's when people say, what are the Bombers doing right? Like, that's got to be the biggest thing, that they get these stars and th- these stars don't want to leave. And it's not for it's not because they can pay them the most money. It's not the Los Angeles Dodgers. Here's here's all the money in the world. It's it's incredible watching stuff like this happen. Well, and we it's beyond cliches, really. It's, you know, we hear a lot about the culture, about the brotherhood, and we sometimes hear words like that in sports, and you think, okay, everyone's going to say that. But in Winnipeg, it genuinely feels like the Mike O'Shea experience is one that just has bonded everyone together so tightly and nothing of course creates bonds better than winning championships together. It's a lot of fun to win football games and win a lot of them and win championships, but certainly it just seems like players just want to be in Winnipeg. And for a long time, that was not the case. Yeah. Uh, Rashid Bailey, <laughs> maybe, maybe one of the great examples from this off season, right? I think everybody, like, you expected Rashid Bailey to, to leave. hundred percent. Yeah? I was stunned yeah. when we got the news. He was back. Yeah. For uh, again, the reports were significantly less money than even offered somewhere else. And Rashid Bailey's walking to a situation where, okay, well, Kenny or Dalton's probably the number one. The other guy's the number two. Dembski hit all his touchdowns last year. Maybe he's number three. Maybe I'm the three or four receiver, maybe. But then there's Carlton Agadosi, so I don't know what's going to happen there. And, oh, they're going to – and, oh, by the way, they moved – they maybe switch positions to make Kenny Lawler available. That that Bailey's coming back. Like, I, I named a bunch of guys, and I didn't say Bailey. Bailey's another one of, like, hey, you know what's important to me? A place I love going to work and, and uh, a place where we can do special things. Uh, it's, it's always – it's it's interesting to me when when guys get that opportunity to kind of recreate. There's no there's no other teams have have culture. I, I the word culture when you get around the bombers gets a little gets a little awkward. But there's no other team that that has this going on. And this could be you and I have talked about this. This could be one of the great eras for a single team in the history of the CFL. If the bombers go back to the Grey Cup this year, heaven forbid they win the Grey Cup. We're now, you know, 1958 to 1962 when they won four and five years. We're the Montreals of the, you know, the early middle 2000s or middle late 2000s, right? This is, this is, they're in the midst of potentially one of the greatest eras of CFL football. And these guys are choosing not to leave. Imagine if Kevin Durant had never left the Golden State Warriors and mm. what that could have been. That yeah. could have been the Boston Celtics of the, of the 60s. It's, it's, it must be, it must be incredible for the guys who are inside it right now. And so if you're a Blue Bomber fan, just remind yourself that this isn't going to last forever. Savor this, cherish it, because it is perhaps the golden era, one of the golden eras. I know they won four in five years in the in the years gone by back in the, what was it, the late 50s, early 60s. But Yeah, 58 to 62. Yeah. There, are, there are not a lot of fans now that were part of that then. Uh, to training camp specifically, Derek, before we let you go, day three, what'd you learn? I. Uh, so Kenny Lawler uh, is taking over that wide receiver spot. That was Rasheed Bailey's spot last year. And we noticed that on day one. And Bailey had moved into uh, what was Greg Ellingson's spot last year. And I thought, oh, that's a good move because what is now Bailey's spot, that's the guy that comes off when you bring in the fullback. So Kenny Lawler gets to be on the field even when they go to six offensive linemen or when they bring on Mike Miller. What didn't kind of click to me until today was, 
not only did they move Rasheed Bailey's spot, but they moved Carlton Agadosi as well. Carlton's running with the second team. And I went, wait a minute. Carlton was that wide receiver, and he was at that wide receiver spot when he had that unbelievable game against Calgary. They've moved him along with Rasheed Bailey to the slot back on the other side of the field. And I, it didn't kind of click until today. I went, oh, yeah, so this this Bailey versus Agadosi thing, we're not making this up. Like, this is how the team perceives it as well. Because if they thought Carlton was just a regular backup, he would still be playing now behind Kenny Lawler. But now they went and moved him to a slot back position where now he gets to waggle more often and he's running different routes on the wide side of the field. Uh, it, it just kind of struck me today of, oh, yeah, that's a that's a big deal that, that uh, they really expect some uh, Rashid Bailey and, and Carlton Agadosi uh, uh, competition. Uh, let's say one other one that, that I caught today was uh, Jamal Parker has been one of the halfbacks so far. He was that he was the halfback, one of the halfbacks in the Grey Cup game. But today he and Evan Holm, they were essentially trading off reps with the first team and with the second team. And it's the first time I can remember, apart from injuries last season, seeing Evan Holm working with the first team. And I was I was been kind of waiting for Demario Houston to thrust himself into that. But I, I wonder if perhaps Evan Holm has thrust himself into the could he break into the starting defensive backfield uh, conversation. That'll be interesting to see play out over the next couple of days. And just for some context on your Barrington Ward conversation, we're going to hear coming up after uh, the eight o'clock news, right around eight fifteen tonight. What is his position in, in the linebacker competition, and and how much does the team need at that spot ter- versus what they're bringing in from last year? Oh, that's a good question. So, so Wade is it? Wade's an in the box linebacker. He's going to be a middle linebacker or a weak side linebacker. So, uh, a depth player where Big Hill or Kyrie Wilson plays. Uh, the interesting part today uh, that we spotted was Malik Clements, who started at that weak side linebacker spot for most of last season, wasn't running with the first team. He was running with the second team. And Christian Dixon was running with the first team. Clements had moved over to middle linebacker with the number twos, playing uh, with Barrington Wade as his weak side linebacker. So there's there's stuff going on in there. Adam Big Hill, of course, will be the starter when he's ready, but he hasn't practiced yet. But uh, seeing seeing guys and uh, rookie linebackers move up in the depth chart uh, is uh, is interesting. So Wade's a guy who, if he's currently number two on uh, weak side linebackers, he'd be presumably the third guy, a third American when uh, Kyrie Wilson comes back. So he's he's fringing. He's a, he's a fringe guy when it comes to cutting down to seventy five. But uh, he's a guy who is his he is explosive. Like he is fast. His testing in the ten yard dash and and things like the three cone were incredible at the even at the NFL level comparing to NFL backers. So he's a guy with the physical tools to play. So uh, I, I'm curious to see if the Bombers are able to find him a way to stick around. Derek, appreciate your time as always. We'll check in again tomorrow. Sounds good, brother. Derek Taylor, voice of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers.